Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. It's Tuesday, so it's Travel Tuesday. I'm Amy. I'm here with my husband, Matt. Hello. And this week, we are going into Yellowstone National Park. Yay. And uh, the Grand Tetons National Park, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We're going to be covering a lot of ground. Um, last week, we were actually in uh, Missoula, Montana, and Bozeman, Montana. And this week, we're actually still staying in Bozeman, but we're driving down from there. Yeah, about an hour and a half, two hours, somewhere in there, down to the north entrance of Yellowstone. Yeah, and we really, you know, you there are places to stay in Yellowstone, so if you're planning your own trip... Um, you don't necessarily have to do what we did, but really for the logistics of, you know, traveling with the motorhome, like it was just easier for us to stay in Bozeman and make the trip in um, and stay overnight a couple places. And we'll talk about that um, w- rather than like relocating the whole bus because it's kind of an ordeal to do that. <laughs> so um, anyway, so let's see. We were in Bozeman. We drove, like Matt said, like an hour and a half to two hours down to Yellowstone and actually the day that we went you know we came out uh in the morning and it was really smoky and there were wildfires in the air there had been a huge storm the night before absolutely massive thunderstorm and I think that the fires were sparked by lightning and we were really worried that this was going to be in Yellowstone as well because we were driving and driving and driving and it was like we never came out of the smoke you know all the way through Montana um, but finally, when we got to Yellowstone, it was clear. So we were really glad about that because it was fairly unpleasant and uh, hard to breathe. It was. And who wants to walk around hiking all day breathing that yeah, in? Yeah, not going to be the best plan. So anyway, okay, so if you're planning your own trip to Yellowstone, go ahead and get paper and pen or come back to this um, or reference our show notes because you are going to want to hear about the different stops If you're just listening for fun, well, then just listen and have fun, right? (laughs) Okay, so um, we came in the north entrance. Yellowstone actually has five entrances. There's a north entrance that comes in through Montana, uh, near Gardner, Montana. And then there's a west entrance that comes in off of Idaho. um, And then a northeast and an east that come in in different points in Wyoming. uh, And then also south that comes in through Wyoming. I guess you can come in that way and, and do that as well. That was just for us going to be our end point. We were moving north to south. Um, so if you look at a map of Yellowstone, and again, I'll put a link to one on our show notes. So realfoodwholehealth.com under podcasts, under episodes, just find this episode and click on it. And you'll go to a post where you can listen to the recording and you'll also see, um, you know, all the links for everything that we talk about. So if you look at the map, um, the national park map, the interior of Yellowstone sort of makes a figure eight. That figure eight is going to cover like all of the, the big attractions. Like there's tons of stuff to see like outside of that and lots of hikes and camping and all that. Um, but the main attractions for doing Yellowstone are within sort of that figure eight. And for us, we had a very limited time 
to do Yellowstone. Like some people will go and do three, four, five days, you know, a week, whatever in Yellowstone. We had a day to make it through from the north to the south on the west side. Um, and then we had a day to do the Tetons and Jackson Hole. Um, and then we had another day to come back up um, and do the east side of that figure eight and go back to Bozeman. So really we had two full days in Yellowstone with one day to do Grand Tetons and Jackson Hole. So it was pretty lofty. Yeah, it was busy. A lot of driving. A lot of driving, a lot of hiking. You know, we had to make some really um, strict choices about what we could engage in. So where there's some extra room in your schedule, you know, you can explore a little bit more or take a little bit slower of the pace because we started early in the morning from Bozeman, not unreasonably so. I think we left at like 8.30 um, and then, or maybe even a little bit later um, because we actually had lunch like right when we got into the park. It was an early lunch. Um, and then we did not get to our place outside the south entrance until almost 10 o'clock at night, like by the time we finally got to our cabin. So it was a very long day, but it was fantastic. So anyway, those are just a few like logistical things to think about, um, you know, and if you're traveling with kids or you have to like, you know, take it a little slower or you get to take it a little slower, there's definitely more to explore. And I definitely want to go back to you know, Yellowstone another time and spend some more time. But this is what we had for this trip. And I'm so glad that we made it work because Yellowstone is amazing. It is a whole other world. It really is. It just, it really defies imagination. All the, all the crazy things that are just shooting out of the ground there. It's oh my just, gosh. You feel like something. you're on another planet. You really do. And what's crazy is, you know, at, at certain areas, it'll look like just a beautiful mountain, forest, whatever. You know, it looks totally normal like any other beautiful place that you'd be and then all of a sudden it's like the earth just opens up and like mud is bubbling and water is shooting and everything smells like sulfur and the ground is rumbling and roaring and it's wild um so anyway okay so we came in the north entrance and right inside the north entrance again this is up through the Gallatin National Forest and near Gardner Montana um you drop down into Yellowstone at that point you're in Wyoming um, you go in the north entrance and it's Mammoth, the Mammoth Hot Springs Visitor Center is right there. Um, and that's actually where we had lunch. There's a dining room there and I think there's a hotel there as well, uh, lodge, hotel, whatever. And they do um, have a pretty good dining room. I won't say that it was exceptional, but, you know, the park services are really working hard to do, you know, sustainable food. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, grass fed meats, wild, um, game, there's organic vegetables a lot of times. It just depends. So we were able to get like a grass fed burger patty, some veggies, you know, just like fuel up for the day. I did also make sure I packed snacks for us. I knew that we were going to be hiking a lot and that we were going to be in between, um, you know, places to eat for quite a while. Um, so, you know, I packed some fruit, I packed, you know, cheese cubes. I did, I don't even remember everything that I packed, but I'm sure there was some turkey or ham. Yeah, or there like was that, definitely yeah. some stuff like that. And then, you know, I packed a little cooler, made sure we had plenty of water and backup water. You know, we always have our refillable water things and, and a lot of parks have great places to refill like spring water. Um, but you never want to be stuck without, especially if you're going to be hiking, so just things to think about. And also you might want to have just like a little basic first aid kit, 
um, you know, in the car in case you do have any like bumps or scrapes or anything crazy um, go on during your hiking. It is like the hiking that we do is relatively safe. We weren't like, you know, rock climbing. We weren't up in the in the back country of the mountains or anything. And certainly not on on this trip with our time frame. The paths throughout Yellowstone are actually very accessible. Um, and most everything is on like wooden boardwalks because they want to keep you up off the ground um, because there actually are a lot of areas and there's signs posted to that effect but there's a lot of areas where they don't want you to you know walking on the ground because it's an active you know volcanic area and things could yeah, happen it's, un- it's unsafe some water could shoot out or there's holes everywhere or something right like that. yeah so and, and again that's very clear so even if you're traveling with children or whatever Um, You know, this is all very marked. Of course, it's visited by, you know, hundreds of thousands of people a year. Um, So they do really think about that. But it is a wild, you know, nature area. Um, So anyway, so we had lunch at the Mammoth Hot Springs, uh, you know, dining room there. And then actually right beside that is, I mean, you can see it from this dining room in the hotel, is the Mammoth Hot Springs Terraces. Um, so the hot springs, like when they talk about hot springs, you know, we're talking about like boiling, almost boiling water in many places in beautiful pools. So these are like the pools of water. There's a lot of terms that you hear at Yellowstone to describe the natural formations that are going on. So the geysers are like, you know, the water that's like shooting out. Um, fumaroles are like steam that's coming out. It's water that's actually so hot it's turned into steam before it comes out of the earth. And then the mud pots, or you'll also have them called paint pots, are pots of bubbling mud. So instead of a hot spring with the water, it's got mud in it. And really what has happened is that is like sulfuric acid that has come up and it's turned the rocks into clay. Like that's pretty crazy to think about. Um, so we'll definitely talk more about those, but like, as you hear the different terms, like that's what it references. So the, um, springs are, you know, this hot, hot water and it's got tons of, you know, minerals and acids and all that. And then bacteria grows in it. So it's all these different colors. Um, and the travertine terraces is like amazing. Um, it's all these different levels um, in the spring, like summer just springs in the ground, like a hole, like a pool. Um, and then this one was kind of like a fountain or like, what would you call it? Like almost like a waterfall between yeah, the terraces. Like a waterfall over this like white and co- different colored rock coming yeah, down and steaming. Yeah. It was just oh, really, it was amazing. really neat. And you got to kind of get used to the smells at Yellowstone because some of the areas are a lot of the areas smell like sulfur, like rotten egg smell, but it's not, I mean, of course you're outside, right? So it's not horribly offensive in most places. Um, and it's neat. So you got to see it, but it definitely like took a little getting used to, you're going to have some, some smells. Um, but that area was so cool. Gosh, those terraces are just amazing. Um, they're travertine and just, you know, the marbling in there, the colors, the, the look of the, the different bacteria, you know, you'll see like yellows and reds and browns and um, just really cool formations and, you know, different areas that the water's running down and then areas where, you know, steam is spewing out. Really cool. Really cool. Um, so there's two different or maybe a couple different places to like go into the terraces. Like first is 
um, you know, right off of the, the main road, you'll see a little parking lot and you can walk a short walkway um, to get to, you know, one really good viewing place. Um, and then you can also walk up and around. There's like, you'll see a path that goes like around the back kind of of the terraces and that goes up high. I think there's some good stairs and stuff there. So if you're, you know, limited a little bit, like you can actually drive around to a higher area and do all of those paths. Um, but I definitely recommend doing that. Like don't miss it because from the road, like the first one looks cool. The second one, when you drive up around the corner, you're kind of like, oh, this doesn't look amazing. It's amazing. Um, and then if you get out and walk those paths and then like go around the back all through that area, it's very, very active. There's tons of different, you know, waterfalls and areas like that you don't even expect. And again, it's like everything looks normal. Everything looks foresty and beautiful. And then boom, there's like a crazy steaming waterfall. Um, so that was neat. That was like our first stop. And of course we were just like agog at the whole thing, you know, it was amazing. Um, and then you keep driving. And the thing about this, like, there's going to be a lot that we mention, but there's going to be a lot that we don't mention just because, you know, there's so much there and there's so many different names. Yeah. There's all sorts of various viewpoints everywhere. And, everywhere. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's hard to even name them all yeah. like, or, or have it organized. So Hopefully this gives you a good overview and some starting points. But the good news is, again, because this is such a highly, you know, visited area, everything is pretty well marked. There could be better markings in certain areas, um, especially about what to expect for different hikes and stuff, like how long it is. You don't know a lot of times. You just start walking. Um, but the, you know, turnoffs and things like that, they're usually pretty marked. And you get a map when you go into the park. Definitely, like, spend some time on the National Park website and any other Yellowstone website planning out your trip before we go. you go. We did not actually get to do much of that. We did a little overview, um, but it just, like, it was a very busy time, and it was like, okay, we're going to just hop in and do Yellowstone. Yeah, we basically knew our route and what we needed to do to get down to our lodge that night and then how we're coming back just to try and see as much as we can. But right. As far as all the different viewpoints, no, we didn't. Yeah, we I didn't, didn't get a chance to research all that and, you know, really look at, like, all the stops. So hopefully this will help you do some of that. Um, and then, honestly, you could just go through and look at the turnouts, too. So... Um, definitely pay attention to your signs, um, because they're going to point you to different things, even if they don't tell you like how long certain hikes are. And some of them, like there'll be a big turnout and it's just like a little sign. Like you don't really think it's that spectacular. Um, but pay attention to all those cause everything's pretty spectacular. Um, and while we were kind of at the hot springs, like one thing that we definitely wanted to see, like in the park was old faithful, um, because you gotta, right? And that's actually, like, further along in the park, like, closer to the south end. And um, so they actually have a video um, that, you know, shows you, like, you can just go on it. And, I'll, again, I'll put it on the show notes. But you can just go on their website and watch Old Faithful erupt. And then it they know a time frame of when it should erupt again. Because the geysers tend to be pretty, you know, on a schedule. And if it's like a longer eruption, they know it's going to be longer before it erupts again. If it's a really short eruption, typically it's not going to be as long um, until the next one. So they give you a pretty good time frame. And I got to say they were pretty accurate. 
Oh, yeah. Every yeah. time we looked at it, it was pretty It was pretty on. accurate. Um, so our whole day, we were kind of, like, watching that, and, like, cell service was pretty spotty throughout the park, but there was definitely places that, you know, we could get service, and I could check and see, like, okay, has the time been updated or whatever, because we knew, you know, we had a very short window of time to get to that. So I think there was going to be two or three eruptions before we got there that day, and we were planning there to be there between, like, five and six in the afternoon. Um, if you were to drive, like, straight through the park... Um, from the north to the south, like doing that west, you know, part of the figure eight, it would be like three and a half to four hours. But to see anything, you got to at least double that. And I think, I think eight to nine hours is pretty accurate <laughs> based on what we experienced. Yeah, so it could be that. It totally could be. Um, okay. And so we were watching that on the video and just knowing like, okay, we got to, you know, keep it moving. So. After the Hot Spring Terraces, we went to Sheep Eater Cliff, and this is just something that you can drive by. You don't have to do a big, you know, hike to get there or anything. And it's actually Sheep Eater Cliff is, Cliff is named for the Shoshone Indians um, and that ate sheep, and that it's actually basalt lava columns that are over 500,000 years old. Which is so cool. So that's just something that you can drive by. You can just pull in, you know, take a look, you know, get out of the car and check out the formations if you want. Or just, like, you know, drive by it and see it. Um, and then from there, you move on um, to a couple other um, little pull-offs. But Obsidian Cliff was one thing that we wanted to see. And that's actually just right by the side of the road. Like, we almost, actually, we did miss it and, like, had to turn around. Yeah, we just blew right by it. And we were like, wait a minute, I think that was it. Yeah, because it has a tiny little sign. And, you know, it's on the map. Like, hey, you should totally see this. But um, they don't make a big deal about it there. So if I hadn't been really looking, like, well, I think we're about to pass it, um, we would not have known. And, you know, Obsidian, of course, is the black volcanic rock. And this is a cliff that is just pretty much made of that. Um, and so that was cool. It was just something that we could pull over and, again, just take a quick look at. You know, they don't really want you to mess with the obsidian. Of course, you cannot take it. You can't take anything from a national park. Um, but it's really cool to just take a look at. And certainly if you're traveling with kids, like, this is a great opportunity for a little lesson, um, you know, about volcanoes and all that. So, um, And then you go over to the Roaring Mountains. And this is, like, crazy. It is with steam, the fumaroles, like, shooting out all over. Um, and you can hear the hissing and the rumbling. And it's kind of crazy. It's a little disconcerting. It is. It's like, oh, boy, are we about to blow? <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> wild. Um, but that's really neat. And that's one of the main places in the park, or maybe the only places in the park, that you can see, you know, and hear that kind of stuff going on. There was one other thing uh, that we'll talk about on the east side yeah, the yeah, side yeah yeah that mouth of the devil thing that was cool um but anyway okay and then from there is when you really move into the action like it gets pretty crazy you know you're coming in and you're like okay this is neat but like where are all the stuff and as you're coming into norris which is like again if you look at the map it's like cut into different basins and so you have um you know, Norris, and then you have down at the bottom, um, Old Faithful. And so in between that are all these different um, geyser basins and where all the different paint pots and, and all that stuff is. So up in Norris, there's Norris Geyser Basin. This is actually like the hottest one in the area. So it's very active. 
lots of steam. Um, and there's just tons of trunks out through there that you can go and like, you know, pull over, go see this geyser, that geyser, this, you know, hot spring, whatever. It'll all be marked. It doesn't make sense for me to tell you all the different names because you'll just see them on the signs as you go through. Um, but that one is really interesting. And there's actually the porcelain basin hike, um, which is not far from that area. Again, this is on wooden trails. Um, and you kind of walk down some stairs and go through the wooden trails and all around you, you know, the ground is just, it looks like porcelain. It's white and chalky and in layers and it just is bubbling up and shooting from everywhere and all the colors and all the smells and even over the hills, you can see it, you know, um, bubbling up a lot of the steam. So, um, and then the artist paint pot is another hike that's through there. And that one, I'm trying to think, okay, so porcelain basin was maybe like a mile, mile and a half. And there might be like an auxiliary trail that can make it a little bit longer, but that's like the whole loop. And then I want to say the artist paint pot was around, was that about a mile each way? Yeah, it was probably about that. I think so. So, again, just to let you know, because these are not marked um, on the signs when you're there. So, we had to sort of ask people, you know, okay, how far is this? Because, you know, we're on a timeline. We want to know what to expect. Um, and the artist paint pot, it takes you to um, a paint pot, which, again, remember, is like a bubbling mud pot of clay. And I think that's the one that actually changes color, like, with the... Um, with the bacteria, like it was kind of a brownish red, um, when we were there. So again, you're just like going from one to the other and all these little turnouts are along the way. There's, um, you know, waterfalls on the side of the roads. You're running along rivers. Like there's just tons to see, um, throughout the way. And some of it, you just drive by and some you want to park and get out and whatever. And sometimes you can't park <laughs> because there's so many people <laughs> so there. Many cars. Yeah. If you go in the height of summer, expect it to be real busy. Yeah. We had definitely planned to go after, you know, the peak, but it was still quite busy, but we had heard that before, you know, a couple weeks before it was just like insane. Um, and they do plan for a lot of people, but I mean, it's been very busy. Yeah, I think somebody told us that the attendance of the park just keeps increasing every year. Yeah, it was up like 30% or something. It was Yeah, it, it was really a high number. It was, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, and then you go past um, Firehole Falls, which was really cool. I have a picture of that on our Instagram. Again, if you're not following us on Instagram, you can see a lot of these pictures, and we share all of our travel um, pictures. There's just tons of stop-offs in through the Lower Geyser Basin to see the different uh, formations and then from lower you actually move into mid <laughs> it sort of actually makes sense lower mid and then upper um, and again like between kind of the lower and the mid I think is where the great fountain geyser is and this is like a little drive that you can take um, off the side and all through there are these different geysers that go off at different times of the day um, and some of them will be marked um, as to when they go off. And actually when we were there, people were there filming at different times. And I mean, he was like charting down when it was going to go off. Um, because he knew, you know, down to the minute when it was going to actually down to the second when it was going to go off. Um, because some are very, very reliable like that. And some are pretty sporadic. Um, but anyway, usually there's a sign there or something that the rangers have come around and like marked like today, this went off at this time and it's expected to go off 
you know, at this time. So you can tell, like, if you're near there, you don't want to leave, you know, right away. Um, and then there's some that just kind of go off almost continuously. And Great Fountain can go off for an hour to two hours at a time. So you're usually, you know, going to be able to catch something through there. But that one's pretty cool. It goes um, 100 to 200 feet in the air. Um, it's pretty cool. So after you go through that geyser area, you move into the Midway Basin. And as you move through the Midway Geyser Basin, you come upon the Grand Prismatic Spring. And it's actually, I think, one of the larger springs um, in the park. And you hike up from the parking lot. Um, and as you're in the parking lot, you know, walking up to it, you see all of these different um, rocks that are all different colors because of the different bacteria that's growing there. And, I mean, it's greens and blues and reds and yellows and orange. I mean, it's really cool. Um, and, you know, the water is bubbling down and steaming, you know, the whole way. And it's actually going into, like, a river, um, which I can only imagine, you know, what that river is like, what the temperature of the river is like. Um, but anyway, it's just really neat. And then once you get up to the top, um, that's where the, the big spring is. And it is enormous. And it's, you know, it's different colors. Like, it can be... Um, really dark blue. It can be kind of a light blue, kind of orange. Um, and at different layers, it's different colors. Um, and it's, it was really steamy, uh, when we were there, it was just, it was like hard to see almost. And you'd wait for like a little breeze to come by, um, to move some of that steam so that you could see all the water. Um, so that was really neat. It was a cool stop. And it actually had like a couple of different, levels where you could, you know, make it a longer stop if you wanted it to be. Um, and then from there, you actually move into the upper geyser uh, basin. And before you do the upper geyser stop, there's biscuit basin. Um, and that is like where everything, like the rocks, they sort of, or I guess rock is the right term, um, but they look like biscuits. It's like layers of earth stacked together. And again, it's that kind of porcelain white color. Um, and they're just everywhere. And there was a little bit of a, an issue there. I don't remember what it was, but there was like a sign posted about it or something in the map that was talking about how this area is actually sort of rebuilding because it had been damaged at some point, uh, possibly to like a, an eruption of a geyser or something. I don't know what it was, but it was some kind of natural thing. Um, and it was damaged, but you can still see like the rocks, how they look like biscuits, um, and that one's just a, a kind of a quick stop. You don't have to do a big hike there. Um, and then Upper Geyser Basin has like the most, I think, one of my favorites of the park. Yeah, it definitely was. It had so much going on. Yeah. And it was just so, so many different cool layers as you keep going. I think the first thing you come across was that huge blue pool there. Yeah, the chromatic spring. Yeah. That was amazing. Deep, 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 and like blue, like cerulean blue, and just bubbling up. And then, you know, from there, it would, um, like the overflow water was bright orange and yellow because of the bacteria. And that looked amazing. Like, how does that even exist? I don't know. It was really neat. <laughs> it was really cool. And then right right down the boardwalk from there, some paint pots just bubbling away. Yeah, the mud pots. Yeah, it was, it was just really amazing and like when you look at that you're like oh it's boiling mud and then you realize well that's actually sulfuric acid that has melted rocks in you know into clay and that's kind of cool to think about like it's pretty humbling really um and then there's a whole area of the fumaroles you know the steam coming up 
And then the geysers. Yeah, the geysers. Oh, they, they're cool. They didn't shoot super high in the air, but they were like erupting almost constantly. Just, yeah. Just going and going. And, and there was one called, I think it was the jet, and it was actually coming across the boardwalk. Like It was, you know, not in huge amounts, but I mean, I'm sure you'd get like a little ouch if it really got you. <laughs> yeah, occasionally. It would, it would bubble up some, bubble up some, and then it would have one big shoot. And, and it, it would shoot across the boardwalk. The boardwalk. And, yeah. It never, cool. never hit anybody that I saw. But. No. I didn't see anybody get hit either because people aren't idiots. But, you know, again, this is where you have to sort of be, you know, on your guard that, you know, you're in a natural kind of environment that's unpredictable. And so, you know, if you've got the kids with you, like, look where that, you know, um, geyser is spraying before (laughs) you put the stroller there. Um, But anyway, so that was cool. And then after that, you – Oh, and that walk, too, could go a little bit further. I, w- I went to, wanted to mention that, too, because you go out across, um, you know, several areas there. You can go up higher. Um, you can walk a little bit further. So it just depends on how much time you have to spend. But what's really cool is, like, if there's one place to really go see, like, every kind of thing that's there, like with the, the hot spring, the paint pot, the fumarole, and the geyser, like, that's the walk to do. Um, because you really see everything. And again, it's on the wooden boardwalk, so it's pretty easy to traverse. There's not like a lot of, you know, you're not rock climbing. Um, and then from there, like we went past the Black Sand Basin. And as we were about to pull into the Black Sand Basin, we happened to notice our time. And we looked at Old Faithful, you know, that video again, and realized that it had been updated. And it was time to get to Old Faithful. Yeah, it was going to go off in about 15 minutes. So we were like, we better hightail it over there. Oh, my goodness. And did we ever. I mean, we were, like, pulling into the parking lot, like, at the minute it was saying it was going to go off. And so, you know, when you get there, you're kind of like, I don't know where to go. Like, we couldn't tell exactly where to walk. But, like, across the street was sort of like a... I don't know what they called it, but it was kind of like a general store kind of a feel, like an old faithful general store. There was like a little ice cream shop in there and um, souvenirs and like rocking chairs along the porch and stuff. And across from that, there's a walkway to go back to old faithful. Um, But we didn't know. And it's not marked. It needs to be marked better Um, because we were kind of freaking out and we ended up, um, parking at that store and then running across the street and i mean we got there seconds before it went off seconds just in the nick of time yeah yeah and it was amazing you know and it's so cool because it's like a joint experience like everybody's seeing it go off at the same time and there's all the anticipation and it's like everybody's always heard about old faithful and you know everybody wants to see it and so you're just standing there and, you know, everybody's with bated breath. And then all of a sudden, here it comes, here it comes. And then it goes up like a little bit. And then you hear, oh, ooh, you know, and then it really goes off. As and it, it goes higher and higher. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things like you got to do at Yellowstone. Um, definitely think like some of the other things we saw were just as awesome, uh, if not even more. Um, but that was, you know, kind of like, yeah, you feel like you've done Yellowstone at that yeah, point. Yeah, you basically have to. And then, and that was the one I saw go the highest too. So yeah. it was really Oh, definitely. Impressive. Yeah, it is impressive. Um, and you know, some eruptions are different than others too. Some are shorter and smaller and some are long, longer and even higher. Um, but after that we went back to Black Sand Basin and did our hike there. 
Um, and again, that one goes past, you know, just a huge range. Like, it, it's so hard to describe how cool it is because even though you've seen hot springs and you've seen the geysers at different places and you've seen the steaming water, it's different in every place. You know, it's a different setup. There's different colors. Uh, there's definitely similar smells, but different smells. Um, and that was, that was just cool. You just got to see it. Um, so that was kind of a short walk. We were getting pretty tired at this point and we were definitely hungry cause it was getting kind of late. Um, and so we went over to the old faithful Inn to the dining room. And, uh, if you don't have reservations pretty far in advance, you're not getting in until like really, really late. Um, if, if at, at all, all yeah. if at all. <laughs> So luckily they did have a, a bar area that's really more like a little sub dining room. It's not so much a bar. Um, and we were able to order not everything on the menu, but we were at least able to get, you know, again, our old faithful, you know, yeah. grass fed beef patty with, uh, with vegetables. And that definitely was welcome at the end of the day. Um, and then we drove, we still had a little bit of ways to get to the south entrance, and we were staying at the um, Headwaters Cabin at Flag Ranch, which is just outside of the south entrance, and I honestly could not stress how great it was to have it that close. Yeah, I think it was a mile from the south entrance. Yeah, it was, thank goodness, because we were ready, ready, ready to get there. We had seen amazing things. It was so awesome, but we were getting tired. Um, but on the way there, you go up through Craig Pass, um, which crosses over the Continental Divide. It's a, it's a high elevation, I think over 8,000 feet. Um, and then you you kind of go away without like a lot to see there. Yeah, after Old Faithful, I don't remember there There's being not a, ton, a lot, yeah. It, it's still a ways of the south entrance. It is, yeah. And, uh, and then you pass Lewis Falls, and that's a cool little stop to get out. I mean, we were ready to kind of, I mean, yeah, we were tired, but we were ready to see something else. Uh, just as the light was fading, I think we watched... Uh, you know, the moon, it wasn't quite up yet, but it was, yeah, it was, night was falling, let's say, as we were there. Um, and, but it was beautiful. Lewis Falls was really pretty. Um, and then you got the south entrance, and then, like I said, we stayed there at Flag Ranch, and it was, like, pitch black when we got there, and kind of hard to navigate. Uh, we stayed at some of the cabins, and, uh, they were nice accommodations. I would have liked an air conditioner because it was pretty sticky. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And the class and the stars out there were amazing, really amazing. So when we got all settled into the room, you know, we went out and, and looked at the stars and it was. And yeah, the thing I remember is the luggage carts were like little mini rickshaws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, and we had our dogs with us, so we had to cart them all around, you know, in their little, <laughs> <laughs> in their little bed so anyway um and then the next morning we got up we had breakfast at flag ranch this was going to be our day to do the tetons the grand tetons national park and then we were going to end up in jackson hole wyoming and stay the night there um before coming back up through yellowstone and into bozeman the next day so this day, uh, okay, so we got up for breakfast at Flag Ranch, and then we moved into um, the Grand Tetons, and it's actually not terribly far um, to that national park. So if you're going to do Yellowstone, like, add in a little extra time to do the Tetons, why not? Yeah, why not? It's, it's still some cool scenery. Yeah, it's nowhere near as, like, exciting and action-packed as Yellowstone, which we were actually, like, a little bit grateful for to have a, a shorter, you know, less adventurous day. Um, 
especially in between two big days. Um, but it was really lovely. And I mean, come on, like you can't beat those mountain views and the lake and everything. So as you come into the Grand Teton National Park, you know, you can start to see the Teton Mountain Range, um, you know, off in the distance as you come upon Jackson Lake. And Jackson Lake is actually pretty good size. Um, and it's just beautiful. I mean, really, really you know, peak, mountain peaks everywhere behind it and um, really clear blue water. It was really a nice stop. And we stopped several times along the way to take pictures and, and you know, there was wildflowers and everything. So it was just really lovely. Um, and then we went up on Signal Mountain and did the Signal Mountain kind of drive um, where you can get up and kind of get some good vistas because um, you're high up and you can see really far. Um, and that's a real easy drive. It's, you know, there's no big hiking or anything. It's just a drive up there. And then you move on to different overlooks, you know, all along the way again before you get to Jenny Lake. And Jenny Lake was just a little drive that we wanted to do. Um, there's actually a couple ways that it, it branches off. And we decided to take the Jenny Lake um, little branch so that we could kind of see that. And again, all of that's kind of right in the shadows of the Teton Range. And so... Um, just really pretty. That lake had several, you know, little vistas to, to get out and check out. And a lot of people were hanging out at the lake, like yeah. doing lake things. It, it, the Tetons is very pretty. It, it's very scenic. Yeah. Um, again, it's very different than Yellowstone was, but oh, yeah. still, it's, it's, it's very nice. Yeah, you're not going to have, like, the hot springs and the, the, the steam shooting up and all that. But, you know, as far as mountains and w valleys and wildflowers and stuff like that you're definitely gonna have that yeah, and wildlife too yeah yeah we saw lots of wildlife um what were those little deer the pronghorn prong deer yeah, yeah. yeah we saw lots of those and uh we kept looking for bears but we didn't really see any um but we did see moose and elk and um the moose we actually saw was like at the end of um yeah, towards the end of the Tetons. The Tetons, there's yeah. This little thing called Moose Junction, and there's a <laughs> uh, there's a river there, and there was a bunch of cars there. And we're like, what's going on? We look, and there's a moose right a there huge in the river. Moose right in the river in Moose Junction. Um, so that was cool. We're like, obviously he got the memo. <laughs> this is where he's supposed to be. Um, and so you know, you park and get out. And we walked over. It's a great little bridge to walk over anyway. Um, and got to just check him out. He was pretty cool. Um, and he didn't care that, you know, a hundred people were looking at him. He was just eating his stuff and hanging out in the water. Um, and then we left from there and went, you know, again, we're headed down to Jackson Hole. And, um, uh, you pass through the National Elk Refuge, which I totally thought we were going to see tons of elk, but we saw a few and that was it. So, um, you know, I guess they were refuging elsewhere. <laughs> they were hiding back in the woods. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then we got into Jackson and... It's fabulous. Like, again, that's just a town that we definitely wanted to get to. It was one of our main reasons for, you know, planning the trip like we did is so that we could spend some time um, there. And it's just lovely. You know, you get into town and um, it's very cute. You know, lots of, you know, shops and restaurants and places to check out. Um, the square, you know, downtown, you got to go check that out. It's got the little archways, you know, made of the... The horns and stuff like that. And then, um, what are they, moose horns, I guess? I, I think guess. they're moose horns. Elk, elk antler, I don't know what uh, it is. I think they're, yeah, I don't know. Now I'm not, now I'm not sure. I was <laughs> sure before, but now I'm not. One of the two. One of the two. 
Um, but anyway, so that's kind of cool and definitely a photo op. And then uh, I think that's where we walked around and found Moo's Gourmet Ice Cream, which it was funny because we were totally having this conversation. Matt's like, now it's kind of warm. Like, I could go for a scoop of ice cream. And I'm like, yeah, I bet we won't find a place and whatever. And we were literally right yeah. in front. Not, we just we turned around. And we were like, oh, look, there. It was kind of weird. And uh, I'm like, well, I'm sure it's crappy. You know, I'm sure it's just junk. And uh, we walked in. And they're like, yes, we use grass-fed cream and no additives and this and that. And it was like, okay. I mean, it was actually cleaner than we'd probably make at home. It was uh, no, seriously, it was amazing. Um, so we just got a little scoop of ice cream and walked around the town and, you know, went into all the shops and just really like spent some time. It was really fun. Um, and then we drove out to where we were staying. We were actually staying off the Snake River and the Snake River, that's not very descriptive because the Snake River goes through the entire area. It's enormous. Um, I mean, we'd been following it like in the Tetons and then I think we followed it even further. So, um, anyway, but we stayed at uh, a KOA. Again, we did not have the motorhome, but they had cabins, and we had had a really hard time finding a place to stay. Yeah, especially with it the dogs. so booked out. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that worked out really well. It was a cute little cabin. I mean, it was like a little tiny home, and uh, it worked out great. And then we uh, went up to Local Co. for dinner. And that was a fabulous, fabulous dinner. It really was. Yeah, it was good. And I actually shared pictures on Instagram of all the courses <laughs> because it was totally delicious um, and really inventive. Like, you know, they did farm to table ingredients, but they really elevated it to kind of food as art, which is, you know, always lovely. Um, but we were thrilled to find that place, you know, right there in Jackson Hole in the square. Um and then after that, we had to do a little bit of grocery shopping. And so we went to Jackson uh, Whole Grocers and very similar to another, you know, health food store or like a, a Whole Foods type. Really nice. Lovely. Yeah, a lot of nice local stuff. Oh, a lot yeah. Of organics. Oh, yeah. Tons. And uh, kombucha, you know, all the stuff that we needed um, to kind of refill our, you know, I actually got groceries just to take back to Bozeman. Um but we got, um, you know, stuff for our snacks, too, because we knew we were going to have a big day the next day. Um, and then we sort of turned in early because <laughs> yeah, we it just had been crashed. a long, yeah, <laughs> it had been a long few days. Um, and we knew the next day was going to be a big one. Uh, so anyway, so we got up the next day for breakfast and we went to Cafe Genevieve. And I highly recommend Cafe Genevieve. It was actually... Uh, what did we see there? Guy Fieri had been there, which I'm not the biggest Guy Fieri fan, but anyway, he'd been there with diners, drive-ins, and dives, and I don't think it's either one or any of those. But anyway, it um, it was a great little thing, and we were laughing as we were eating breakfast, and you know, when he signs his name, he draws draws a little picture of his head. <laughs> And uh, with the glasses and the little troll hair. And then, you know, signs it. It was really funny. Um, and then, anyway, but the food was great. Um, and it just worked out really lovely, you know, for us to be able to have breakfast and then head off on the big adventure. So we went through the Tetons again. Because there's really only way to get up to Yellowstone. So you go through the Tetons again. And we took a slightly different way that time. We did not take the little Jenny Lake arm. Uh, we just stayed, you know, towards Moran Junction uh, and then kind of came up into um, 
into Yellowstone and you go through again that south entrance you know that's the only way to really get in there from that area um and then at the west thumb as you come in you go you know over to the east so um that way we were doing that other side of the figure eight and from there is the west thumb geyser basin and this is you know an area that you can get out and hike around again they have the wooden walkways um, and there's just different, you know, hot springs and, um, things all along there. A few geysers, um, you know, obviously geyser basin. Um, <laughs> and there's again, different levels. So you can do like a quick loop, you can do a further loop. Um, and then you're pretty close to Yellowstone Lake at that point. And then you drive past, uh, Yellowstone Lake for quite a while. It's actually pretty big. Yeah. It's a big lake. Yeah, it really is. Um, and then from there, you go up, you go through kind of the, the fishing area. Like, you know, there's people, there's a marina there. Um, there's Lake Village. There's a visitor center in case you need to have a break. But And there really are bathrooms everywhere. So, you know, I mean, really everywhere. Um, so you don't necessarily just have to go to the visitor center with that. So that's really convenient. Um, but anyway, if you needed a little break, you can go to that visitor center there. Um, just past like Lake Village and, and Fishing Bridge. Um, but again, you know, you're passing the lake the whole time. Um, and it was really cool for us cause we were kind of like on a misty day. It wasn't really rainy. It was just sort of misty. Um, so the lake looked really cool with all the stuff, you know, surrounding it. And then every once in a while we come upon some kind of steaming thing, which <laughs> is, you know, that's the theme of Yellowstone, right? All these steaming things everywhere. And that looked really neat, you know, in the mist. Um, and as we're on the, just past that, almost to the mud volcano, we saw our first bison and it was really funny because, well, it was funny for us <laughs> and not so funny for the people on the other side of the road because the bison really rule the roost there. They, I mean, they totally have right yeah. away. Yeah. He's taking his time. He's walking right in the other lane. Yeah. Right in the other lane, holding up yeah. hundreds just of cars. Just walking real slow, occasionally grabbing a weed and munching on them. <laughs> and then just... There's no way to get around them. Like no. you literally cannot. So people are just trapped behind the bison and so we're you know we weren't being mean but we were laughing a little bit on the way by like wow we're really glad we're in the other lane um and you know people back there they have no reason to know why they're stopped um but you know they had their windows down we're like yeah there's bison like sorry <laughs> you're gonna be here a while yeah he'll eventually move off but you're gonna be here a little while so you might just turn around um, but anyway, so then we started noticing there's, you know, we get to the mud volcano and as we get out, we notice there's bison tracks absolutely everywhere. This is before you get to the Hayden Valley, but Hayden Valley and I think Lamar Valley, which is further up, those are the main areas to actually see bison in the park. I guess they can be other places too. They can go anywhere they want, but that's really where they hang out and like where their food is, you know, in the valleys where they eat the grass and everything. So, um... So you'll see the tracks absolutely everywhere, and you start seeing warning signs. Again, even though bison look cuddly and all that, like they and they're usually pretty docile if you leave them alone. Like you don't want to really challenge one; they can be kind of mean. <laughs> so you know, especially if they're protecting their babies and whatever. Um, but yeah. So anyway, and they're huge; they're absolutely humongous. Those um, tracks were pretty big yeah they were impressive and i don't know how they were doing it because you know of course we're on the wooden walkways and 
you know, there's all these warnings about don't really get off the trail. And I know that not everywhere you stand is going to like cave underneath you and, you know, turn into a sinkhole of hot springs or whatever. But I mean, these bison were just all over the place, like right on the edges of these hot springs and not getting hurt. And I was kind of amazed by that. Yeah, they had no trouble navigating. Yeah, really. And I mean, some of the the tracks were right up to the corner of the hot springs. Um, and so anyway, Mud Volcano was cool. It was not just one thing. There were several things to walk around there. But when we got out of the car, in fact, before we got out of the car, we could smell the sulfur. Yeah, it was yeah, very strong. Man. Very strong. In fact, you know, I kind of had to hustle like, okay, I can't breathe this for like forever. Um, and the sulfur cauldron is across the road, which is why it smells like that. Um, and, and you can park in one place and walk to both, which was really handy. Um, but the mud volcano, there was different levels and, you know, um, the, the mud volcano itself is like the mud pot again, you know, bubbling up and really bubbling and shooting everywhere. Um, but there was also the, I can't remember the exact name, but it was like mouth of the devil or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And it was this um, cave, I guess you could call it, like a little tiny cave that was just shooting out steam. A little bit of water and steam. Yeah, and would rumble. And, I mean, I can only imagine. In fact, the whole time we're in the park, I just keep thinking, I cannot imagine what, you know, Native peoples must have thought when they were discovering this. Like, when they're coming upon this. In fact, there are stories that you know some of the initial you know explorers that would come back and and talk about this place were thought mad because it's like you're just making this stuff up you were having delusions in the mountains there's no way that this is happening when in fact of course we know it is um but yeah I just I just kept thinking can you imagine like you think you're on this mountain and everything's beautiful in the forest and everything and then boom the earth opens up and this like fiery sulfury flying out everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Um, so across the street, literally from the mud volcano is the sulfur cauldron. And it's interesting. That's what I'm going to call it. Interesting. Cause actually I think it was a little bit gross. Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was neat, but it was a really smelly, really strong sulfur smell. And it was, like, yellow and, of of course, sulfur. Um, It was yellow and just kind of, like, it looked sticky and bubbly and kind of smelly. And, you know, I was like, okay, that's nice. On to the next. On to the next. (laughs) Um, And, again, those bison trails everywhere. So, apparently, they are not too bothered by it. Um, But, yeah, there was people there and they were like, oh, yeah, um, you know, we're hoping to see bison, and I'm like, well, just wait, um, because you're going to see some. When we got to Hayden Valley, um, you know, as you keep driving, you go up through Hayden Valley, it opened up to hundreds of bison on the plains. Yeah, they were just hanging out everywhere, laying down. They, yeah. They, they were just everywhere. Everywhere with babies, everything. We got some great pictures really enjoyed observing them and you know they didn't care they were like whatever just going about their business of course you got some goobers trying to get a little too close yeah and i'm like i just want to see that thing turn around and tell you to back off like you know respect the animals and their natural environment but you know observing them is just really cool and they're just beautiful creatures and they're very very pure 
um, in Yellowstone, they are bison. They are pure bison. They have not been mixed with any other cattle or anything like that. And so it's really neat to see, like, this is what they've looked like for a really, really long time. Um, but anyway, to watch them interact with the babies. And, you know, they're all furry. And <laughs> they have those little bare butts and then this big furry heads. So it's pretty funny. Um, and then through Hayden Valley, which is just, by the way, like, aside from bison, gorgeous rolling you know hills in the backgrounds and then just lovely plains with green grass and river running through like it's very picturesque it's yeah and then after Hayden Valley you move on to the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone and this is just cool like we'd seen pictures we knew we wanted to do this um and it was oh my god so worth it really cool I think this one aside from the bison which was neat but I think this one um, was probably the highlight of this day. Um, yeah, and it's totally different from everything else we'd been seeing in Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what's so cool. It's like so many things there. Um, because at this point, you're not talking about hot springs or geysers or boiling mud or anything. You know, that was like primarily the day before, or two days in this case, but that was primarily the other side of the park. This one was definitely more like mountains and valleys and then this massive canyon um with waterfalls and so there's the upper falls and the lower falls and then there's artist point and inspiration point and those are all again follow your markers in the park um but you know those are all drives that you can take and then when you get down to the different places to park you go and hike around the area um some are just a walk some are quite a hike um, depending on, on where you are, but absolutely so stunning. Not only do you see, you know, this amazing cavern Canyon, um, but the falls are incredible and it is like, it's just amazing. It's really so cool. Yeah. It's hard to find words. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was just really something to see. I mean, how do you describe something like that in words to somebody without showing them? Again, that's why we post all our pictures to Instagram as much as we can and then try to, you know, share them on Facebook or whatever so that you can see what we're seeing and go there and be inspired to go there um, because it's just really stunning. It just takes your breath away. It's definitely a humbling and a sacred experience. Like, you feel very, very connected um, to everything around you. So it was just so cool. Um, and so those were definite must-sees. I mean, those, you know, and there's several, like I said, several places to go. And you really could spend a lot of time there, um, going down, like, the lower falls and upper falls both have quite long hikes with them. Yeah, they did. And some of the scenery there looked pretty neat, but yeah. we, just, we just didn't have we time. We didn't have time. And honestly, at this point, I'm not sure that we had the energy because you're at a high elevation and we had been hiking all over that place and it would go, go, go for three days. Um, so definitely I'm not sure we would have made it, or at least it wouldn't have been smart for us to try it. Um, but definitely just the, even the short walks, if you, if you don't want to get into hiking or you can't for whatever reason, um, you can see a lot just with short walks. So definitely make sure to do that. And then after all of that, we were pretty famished. So we ended up at the Canyon Village um, area. There's like a, a visitor center there and there's a lodging all through there and dining. And we were hoping to get into the dining room. Um, we had read the menu and thought, okay, we can ma make a go of that, but it didn't open for like another hour when we got there. 
we got there at a weird time. I want to say like three o'clock. And uh, I think it didn't open maybe until four for dinner. And so the only thing open was the cafeteria, the Canyon Lodge cafeteria. And you know what? It was fine. Like, it was not great. was not gourmet. <laughs> not exceptional, but it worked in a pinch. But it worked in a pinch. It was hot food. We were able to sit down. You know, definitely we're able to make some good choices as far as, you know, meat and vegetables and that kind of thing. Um, so that's great. Um, would I recommend that as my number one destination? No. I would say try to do your timing a little better. But you know what? It, it worked. And it was definitely... Um, it needed. Was needed it point, was yeah. needed. Um, okay. And then from there, you actually, like, there's not a lot more to go see as far as, like, the drive. I mean, of course, it's beautiful everywhere you are. But as far as, like, the main attractions, at this point, it was, like, moving out of the park. That was really the thing. And you yeah. have to drive through quite a bit to do that. Trying to get back to Bozeman at that point. Yeah, because we had to be in Bozeman, you know, for, for nightfall. So... Um, and we didn't want to be driving through all that too, too late. Um, so anyway, from there, you move through Dunraven Pass somewhere in there. And I'm not sure where I couldn't find it again online, but somewhere in there, there is an amazing, amazing place to pull off and see, I can't even really describe what was going on on the cliff faces it was like so chiseled and there was like parts that had fallen off and different colors and different patterns. It was so cool. So just, it really was yeah. something, something to see. Yeah. For sure. It was so neat and so different than anything else I've ever seen. And so just like, of course, be aware of your surroundings and just, you know, if there's a place to pull off, pull off and see what there is to see. Cause sometimes you do have to get out and kind of look over a wall a little bit or whatever. Um, but that was definitely beautiful. And I wish I could remember exactly where it was to tell you. Um, but I just don't think you'll miss it. I think you have to pass it. Um, but Dunraven Pass, you go up quite high um, and go through Mount Washburn or by Mount Washburn. Um, and that whole area, we were really looking for bears. We were really, we thought we were high enough. We were really, really focusing on, you know, trying to find bears. Um, and we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no bears. No bears. Uh, deer, yes, but no bears. Um, and then we got to Tower Fall, and Tower Fall was um, very pretty. And we had a really cool encounter with, was it a marmot there? Was that what that was that climbed up on the... I do believe it was right I think it was there. a marmot, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it climbed up on the wall, like right in front of it. It was, it was so cool. Um, they look kind of like beavers. Um, and he was just like really cute, really, really cute. Um, and he just climbed up right in front of us and just sat and kind of stared at us. So I don't know if he's used to getting fed. Hopefully not. You're not supposed to feed the wild animals, but, um, he was just really fun. Um, and then we drove by the petrified tree. I would, it was a little off road and honestly, not that impressive. I really wouldn't recommend it. No, it really wasn't that much. No, but, you know, if you're really into petrified trees, then go for it. Now, we had, I guess we were maybe a little spoiled on the petrified trees because we had gone to the petrified forest when we were in Arizona, and that was cool. Um, this was just like one tree, um, and it was up on a hill, and it was kind of a crazy road to get there. And to be honest, we were pretty tired and, like, trying to move out of the park at this point. So it's kind of like, okay. Um, 
And then you cross over, you know, again, that figure eight. So you sort of make the top of the eight. We're going, you know, going to go out the north entrance. And right there is Mammoth Hot Springs and the terraces again. And we thought, okay, when are we going to be here again? Let's go see the terraces one more time. So get some more pictures. Yeah, it was so neat. I really wanted to get some up close, you know, pictures. And it was the time of day that I thought probably not going to be that busy. And it turned out to be the most fortuitous stop because we had this cool, cool interaction with elk, with a, a young elk. It was so cool. He was um, with his mom. They were hanging out kind of over in the corner. And in fact, there were elk everywhere. They were like just walking through the middle of the square. You know, I mean, they don't care. They're just there with the people. Um, but this little guy decided he had an audience and he was going to put on a show and he did. He was like bucking and he was galloping around. Oh my gosh, and he was skipping. And... He was skipping. If an elk can skip, he was skipping. It was the cutest thing. Um, and then he'd kind of like run up towards the audience. There was probably us and like 15 other people watching. And he would like run up to us and, you know, be, stop like five feet away and kind of snort. And then, like, turn around and run off again. And, like, you know, his mom's like, whatever, you know, kids. And uh, she's just doing her thing, eating and walking off. And he's totally entertaining everybody. And then he laid down and, like, he's on the yeah. on, on the, the basin, white, yeah, on the, the white, white dust. White powdery it dust. It looks like chalk. He's, he's rooting around. He's rolling oh around. My God. He's got a big white nose it now. It was so funny. He got on his back. He kicked his little feet up in the air. It was hysterical. Like, I've never seen one interact like that. It was definitely playtime. He got the zoomies. And it was just like, hey, I'm going to interact with these people. So I'm so glad we did it. Like, besides the fact that the terraces are incredibly amazing. Um, and we even went up to the, the high terraces and got some more pictures and walked around some more. Because, you know, we weren't tired enough. We needed to. <laughs> but it was so cool. Like, you just don't want to leave it. Um and then on the way out, there was, you know, there was more elk along the way. There was, you know, more of the pronghorn deer. Um, they really are absolutely everywhere. Um, and then we moved out and out of the park and went back up to Bozeman. And we got in again really late. I think it was like 10 o'clock. Um, we were starving again and ended up um, at Montana Owl Works, which I did mention in our Bozeman episode. But that was definitely saving grace for the night. It was. Uh, it's a great little farm-to-table place there in Bozeman. And then we slept pretty late the next day. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was our trip to Yellowstone, the Grand Tetons, and Jackson Hole. Big three days. Again, you can find all of the links that we've talked about um, on our website at realfoodwholehealth.com under podcast, under episodes. Um, just click on the episode and you'll find all the links. So thanks so much for joining us. Next week, we are going to be moving into Colorado. So we'll be talking about Denver and Boulder and Rocky Mountain National Park and all kinds of fun stuff. So join us for that and have a great week. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. And please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.